this is the series that we have done as a Bible study uh, for many years for the young converts and for older Christians who have not been discipled. Uh, one of the tragedies in the church is not only uh, the church has not been busy obeying God's great commandment and God's great commission, but you will be amazed at how many people who have been thrown in churches with no discipleship plan. Uh, I believe Lon Solomon instituted the greatest discipleship plan in a church setting. Uh, some pastors are so happy to get members, they don't disciple the people and they don't set them up for success. That's why we have so many falling out of the church and, and now the church is just falling away completely almost. Uh, most Christians, and this, this has all been documented, most Christians don't know Genesis from the book of Revelation. And, uh, and hardly any Christians know church history. And uh, many pastors have not seen the wisdom to teach the members of, of the church on a long-term basis. Church history that they learned in Bible college and in seminary. And they would be amazed to know that they would have retained more members by teaching them church history. Because then they would be able to understand why there are so many denominations, how the denomination split, and who started this, and who started that, and who's in error, and who is not, and so forth and so on. And if it's a Bible-believing church, the people will be more apt to stay right where they are. All Christians must learn church history, the names, the faces, the dates, uh, and the movements. Some of God, some not. And so uh, I do a podcast on church history and, uh, uh, and have been doing so for many years by the grace of God. Uh, but tonight... I want to resume our uh, uh, Onward Christian Soldiers um, Bible study on how to overcome temptation, part 178, and we are dealing with the issue of pride, the sin of pride. The sin of pride. One of the most destructive sins, if not the most destructive sin and soul damning sin, is pride. For you see, when you are proud, which leads to stubbornness, which leads to rebelliousness, 
which leads to witchcraft, God can't help you. I mean, he wants to help you. Don't misunderstand. But even God can't help you. I believe there are many people in hell tonight, burning in hell tonight, and I mean this, simply because of pride. Proud against God Almighty, which you will see here in a few minutes. Yes, there are people who who are nothing without God, but they have a proud, demonic attitude and spirit against the Heavenly Father. Don't be shocked. Have you ever met a child that has a proud, demonic attitude and spirit towards uh, his or her earthly father? It's the same. It's, it's similar. Uh, there are people who don't have an, an ounce of respect for God. Don't be shocked if they don't have any respect for you. Don't be shocked. They don't fear God. They don't reverence God. They don't respect God Almighty. And, and, there, and there are people playing that dangerous game with God. God is so loving, he still is trying to get them saved and bring them on in, out of the cold. Onward, Christian soldiers. Onward, Christian soldiers. Discipleship class number 302. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Onward Christian Soldiers Bible Study uh, Discipleship Class. I am Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society and pastor of the Gospel Light House of Prayer International. The purpose of this time together is to teach young believers everything they need to know about their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is our job as pastors and Bible teachers especially not to leave the young converts hanging. This is really not my forte. This is really not in my wheelhouse what I'm doing uh, tonight. I'm choosing to do it based upon the passage how that God tells pastors to do the work of an evangelist. That's my job uh, and that's my burden, evangelism and uh, the prophetic ministry that God has given to me. Uh, but I decided a long time ago to methodically, step by step, and take my time doing it, and teaching and discipling the young people, the young converts who have gotten saved through this ministry. Because in many churches, they get them in, they take the chair, they take the right hand of fellowship, and and they, as some pastors like to say, we plug them in over here, never to see the pastor again, never to be in an organized situation again. Uh, they plug them into some little so-called small group or Sunday school class, which they have pretty much gotten uh, away from the word Sunday school. Uh, 
and they try to fit them into a group that they may not even want to be in just because they are a certain age or because they're single or because they are Spanish-speaking or whatever, and it's more a social, cohesive building thing. And pastors are good at this. They know how to connect people socially, and that's the, they, build, they actually use that to build the church instead of discipleship. The problem with that is when a storm comes or when a plague comes and God is dealing and chastising and rebuking, the church falls apart. When you can't meet at the church anymore, see, it falls apart. And uh, because you built it on the wrong thing, you built it on courting, dating, who you can get with. And their pastors, that's what they sell. They sell that. They basically sell hooking up with somebody to keep their church going instead of the gospel and discipleship. They have more classes on uh, how to date right and how to uh, get the right mate and all of that. Uh, more than a class on biblical history. How many churches have you heard had a class on, uh, not biblical history, but church history? You need biblical history too. That that long-term class where you have, a, you have it like on a college basis, I believe will save 50% of your church members from leaving the church because they'll understand what all the other churches are about. They would not be blown away by every wind of doctrine. Some of you Baptist preachers and Bible preachers who are listening to me tonight, because you know there's not a good football game on. Uh, you would not have lost nearly half of your church to Pretty Boy Floyd uh, in the Charismatic Circus when they came into town. Because they would have known all about them and how they started and what they are about and what they believe. You leave that up in the air, uh, curly hair, Pretty Boy Floyd, with his magical tricks, you're going to lose your membership. And then by losing your membership, it's going to be mostly women then you have, you're going to lose your men and then you got to start trying to perform magic tricks. <laughs> you don't know. You don't have any. <laughs> All you got, sir, is prayer and the ministry of the word. Make no mistake about it. That's it. And the Holy Spirit of God. You're changing your preaching because uh, pretty boy Floyd is in town. And so I set out to provide the young disciples, the young Christians, not only in our church ministry, but uh, people uh, who come to our church from other churches from around the world and provide them with the knowledge they need to live victorious, joyful, that's right, happy, peaceful Christian lives in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of persecution and prosecution and uh, sin and evil and so forth and so on. Yes, 
I still believe because of the power of Jesus Christ in the soul and in the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, that in this topsy-turvy world, I believe a Christian can still be happy and cheerful and joyful. We just heard the song, Is It Well With Your Soul? Is it well with your soul tonight? There are many people going through far worse than you. There are people still in the dark down in Florida and in Puerto Rico. There are people still in the water. Think about it. Down in Florida. Think about it. If you really didn't have a place to go and you didn't want to go and group up with a whole bunch of folk in some shelter somewhere, how many of you would try to dig that water out your house and try to set things up where you can stay in your own house and try to lock the doors and board up the windows? I would. I would rather stay home. And many people are doing that. And see, there are many older people down there. This is a very bad situation for older people. Older people don't need this. Okay? O older people, 65 on up, they don't need this. And I saw a man, and I said, God, I hope that never happens to me uh, in my old age. Uh, Eon blew his house down. And he's got to be 70 years old, 68 years old. He just burst out crying. He said, can I get some help? <laughs> he said, can I get some help down here, somebody? I mean, y'all hear me? He was on television. Can I get some help? He just laid can, can somebody come down here? He, it, was, it was that bad. But see, that, that's, that's bad. It's worse when you are 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, and 70. Uh, in 72 and 73 and the storm has blown your house down and your house is filled with water everything is torn to pieces so continue to pray for them but all I'm saying is there are people who have it worse than you do so accept your problems and give them to the Lord um, uh, and leave them there and let me just say something in passing about some older, uh, some of you older ladies, uh, women, uh, in the uh, nursing homes. I've never heard of this in my life. I've never seen it before in my life. I've said, and I saw a picture of it. I don't want to see it ever again. For some reason, somebody had the idea recently to have uh, some male dancers to go to an all-female um, uh, nursing home. I guess it was all-female. It was only old women in there, old women, decrepit. And uh, one of the young bucks, one of the young men, and it's, 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 it's sad, but it's, it's funny too to me, because people, we, you, you, you're past your time, you need to act like you're past your time. Anyway, uh, there was an old, decrepit white woman patting on his back while he was doing push-ups or something. And then there was a black woman sitting over in the chair, and so she got up, and the young man started grinding on her. And uh, uh, now this is in a nursing home. And she fell down on the ground and passed out and had a heart attack. 
Now, people, that's ridiculous. I hope she's still alive. I don't know. But, but some of us are losing out. Some of us old folks are losing our minds out here. You need to leave some things alone. <laughs> I mean, seriously, people, that's ridiculous. <laughs> You're trying to get your groove on. you 75 years old. <laughs> Woo, Lord have mercy. And she saw it, and it was looking good to her, and, and she knew better because she looked like an old church woman. But she jumped out there, and and something hit something, and, and, and she had a heart attack and just fell right on over. The poor, <laughs> you all right back there? <laughs> the poor uh, gyrating man had to try to provide CPR, and, they, and, and, and she couldn't walk out. They had to carry out, and she looked like she was passed out. <sighs> Folks, you people need to stop. You need to stop. You need to stop. <laughs> Ooh, you old people. Uh, if it, just because it look good don't mean you can have it. Don't do that. You're going to have a heart attack. Anyway, now when I, I issued a, um, a challenge for, I, I, you know, for young, I mean, for not young couples, but the middle age ships passing in the night not talking anymore couples to have sex together for 21 days it'll help you in so many ways so many ways i should have said for the older folks uh you know 60 on up that you might need to check with your doctor i don't think this woman checked with her doctor before a gyrating man came but anyway Ladies and gentlemen, our key Bible verse, you all right back there, is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Uh, this is our foundational uh, verse for the whole series. This is the passage we started with a long time ago. Uh, I believe all, in fact, I know all of my children were home when I started this series. Because it's about temptation to certain sins in general. What I'm doing is not just putting it all in general. I'm uh, uh, dealing with specific sins. And how to avoid temptation to specific sins. And so now we're on pride again. This is our second time around on pride. Pardon me. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Please understand, everything that's happen happening to you is, is happening to other brothers and sisters in Christ and other people. You men, who you sweet evangelicals and you sweet Protestants and you sweet Catholics and you sweet Charismatics who try to hide the fact that you are attracted to women, you're tempted by women. Uh, you don't need to do that. Just tell the truth and shame the devil. I trust a man more if he, if he admits he's attracted to women and he's tempted by women, but does not yield to the temptation by the grace of God. I trust that man more, and I trust that woman more, who tells the truth and shames the devil than these lying sweet evangelicals and Protestants 
and charismatics who act like they ain't never seen a woman, a fine woman. They ain't never seen a good-looking woman, and, and, but yet they got the head covered with a hood on looking at pornography at home in a black and dark room. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Ladies and gentlemen, I do not trust a man or a woman who says they are never tempted with this or that, and they're not tempted at all. I certainly don't trust them. And I've heard some sweet evangelicals say that. Oh, I, basically what they were saying, they're so holy now, they're not even tempted. And the devil is a lie, and you're a lie, and your feet ain't made, and your heart pumps peanut butter. Our lesson today is titled, How to Overcome Temptation, Part 178, dealing with, no doubt, the worst sin known to mankind, pride. It's the foundation of all other sins. In this section of our Onward Christian Soldiers Discipleship class, we are looking at specific temptations that are, as the Bible says, common to man. We are looking at what the Bible says about these specific sins so we can be aware of its dangers and so that we can hide Scripture, the Holy Word of God, in our hearts. <clears throat> Pardon me. To use when we are tempted. Because Jesus taught us to call on the Word of God when and to quote the Word of God uh, when we attempt it with sin. It is written, is what he said every time he was tempted. It is written in the Word. He taught us better than uh, anybody, of course. I remember a young man, he was called to preach around the same time I was, Marcus Page. And uh, everybody else in the church, when the preacher was preaching real good, would say, Amen, Amen. He's, he would say, It is written. He'd lift his head up. It is written. It is written. That's what he would say. The sin that we are looking at today is the sin of pride. This is the sixth sin in a list of 12 temptations that comes from two sources one ancient and one modern. The first source is a list that was developed by monks in the early church called the seven deadly sins or the cardinal sins. The second source is a Bonner survey who is still going great guns today and he's coming out with some things that has revealed some things that I have prophesied and and brought out for years now and he's coming out with the research uh, that backs it up I mean some serious very very painful and dangerous I mean trends that are shocking some of them are just shocking they're shocking that some sweet evangelicals are trying to uh, 
deny them. No one has ever denied Bonham before, but all of a sudden now they are questioning certain things like uh, 60, 70 percent of the pastors who want to resign or have resigned and quit over the plague, which lets me know you were never saved in the first place and you were never called to preach in the first place. You're nothing but a hireling. You thought it was an easy job. I have told my children, my sons particularly, if God does not call you to preach, don't preach. You're not going to make it. That goes for anybody. If you can, if you can not preach, then that's what you better do. <laughs> Ooh, that's what you better do. If you, if you can go without preaching, well, you go without it. And in the words of Bishop Daniel White Jr., I mean that thing. But you can't, you're not going to make it, my friend. You're going to end up just like all of these hirelings. Quitting, commit, contemplating suicide, quitting, resigning, saying they want to quit. And we have bonafide Christian brothers who are very astute and educated trying to deny that that is the case when they know it's the case. And I've been, I've been telling you this for years. In fact, I said it a long time ago before the plague hit. That if we can get rid of over 50% of the pastors, we could have revival. The pastors are bottlenecking the church. Holding up the church. Hindering the church. In many cases and in many places. The second source is a Bonner survey from 2011 which tracked the top temptations Americans admit to struggling with. He said, Preacher, what is your temptation? My temptation has been since I was a young man. The same temptation, the only one I have. Money is not it. Drunkenness is not it. Uh, anything else like that. Uh, my main temptation is fine, beautiful women. I think women are the most beautiful creatures in the world. If I go down, my brethren and my sistren, that's the way I'll go down, right there. Uh, but by the grace of God, hopefully I will not go down. And uh, so what is yours? We all have our temptations. Uh, unfortunately, hopefully they'll not be setting sins anymore. Hopefully we don't have any weights holding us down anymore. But be real about it. Tell the truth. That's on the only way. Lay aside your pride. That's the only way God can help you. My wife has heard me pray about things like that to God. I've never hidden anything from my wife. Nothing. Before we got married, I know that's hard to believe. I know that's hard to believe. But see, if you don't become dead in Christ and you don't care what anybody thinks about you uh, to the point you're transparent and you can pray about anything and, and, and say 
uh, tell your wife, your spouse, anything. And by the way, I'll, I'll say I'll say this to you, and I've said it before. If you have any lies between you and your spouse on either side, that's going to hinder you from deep intimacy and real good sex. The greatest, and all people know this, all, all couples who, who have ever gotten together know this to be true. The greatest aphrodisiac is honesty and transparency. When they see that you have, you have uh, told the whole truth and nothing but the truth, they're they ready to get with you if they know you. But that kills, lying and dishonesty and covering up thing for, things for years kills intimacy. And it's rooted in pride. You don't want him to know or her to know what evil you did. And I hate to say this, I hate to say it, but we're so twisted and wicked, uh, if you did tell the truth, it might turn them on to you more than, than, than uh, what uh, you think, to want you more and desire you more. Because that little block is out of the way. I know of a, a person who was with somebody they tried to hide a terrible scar and and what is that oh it's a terrible scar I don't want you to see it let me see it and when she when, when he pulled up the uh, uh, shirt you know what she did she was so turned on by his transparency and his openness, she kissed it all over. Now, some of you people know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't, because you like to fake and be a phony and act like you're so perfect and wonderful. Then you get married, and then they find out about you. That's why they hate you, because uh, you, you, you have carried yourself like a, a, an imposter. This is not the real you. I feel so sorry for some of you people, male and female, who are out here trying to get somebody and, and you fake from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. You got Botox, you got plastic surgery, surgery, you got booty gel and everything else, makeup and, and, and uh, uh, hair pieces. <clears throat> I saw a man today with extensions on his beard. The devil is a lie. What happens when they come off in a heated moment? Anyway, today we are looking at Malachi chapter 4 verse 1. Remember the text of this lesson is made available. I hope it still is. My son Daniel White IV is the one who wrote this. My son Daniel Ezekiel, Ezekiel assured me that it's still going up. <clears throat> Available online after each class. So you can go to our website, gospellighthouseofprayer.com. Click the Onward Christian Soldiers button or banner on the homepage and begin to learn these verses by heart throughout the week.
Malachi 4.1 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, all the proud, are you proud against God? God is talking to you. To show you how wicked we are now, I'm ashamed to say this, but I was young and dumb in the Lord at the time. I was a young Christian. And the, I guess I, I, it must have been the devil. Yeah, the devil was telling me this. Let me blame it on him. Uh, this arrogant, proud statement came in my mind. How is it that God gets all of the glory and praise for everything? And we down here working, we, we uh, cannot uh, be recognized for what we do. I was about a year old in the Lord and uh, two years old in the Lord when the devil told me that lie. Uh, it was something to that effect uh, that uh, uh, this is the, this is what I remember. Uh, maybe I was about six months in the Lord. Let me take it back as far as I can, because it's wicked as the devil. But the but the devil said to me, "Why is it that God gets all uh, the praise and the glory? Why is it that?" Uh, uh, we can't uh, have some of that. That's what the devil told me. Doesn't that sound like the devil? That's wicked. Yea, and all that do wickedly. See, pride leads to wickedness. Stubbornness, rebelliousness, witchcraft shall be stubble and the day that cometh shall burn them up saith the Lord of hosts that it shall leave them neither root nor branch mm. you won't have a branch left after it's all burned up and you won't have the root that's bad shall we pray holy father God I pray Lord tonight in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And holy Father God, I praise you on this Sunday night. And I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. For your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your holy word. I praise you and I thank you, Holy Father God, Lord, for the great services this morning, really two services this morning, uh, that you just showed up and showed out as you normally do. For you are so faithful. And I praise you and I thank you for the great vegetarian meal that we had today, a very simple meal, 
Thank you for the other work that you allowed us and helped us to do. And a little rest and relaxation. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you. Lord, uh, tonight for my wife uh, being here with me. I praise you, Lord, and uh, I'm hearing so much about men being alone. I, so, the Lord, I thought I'll, even though we don't have the greatest marriage in the world, I thought I'll just pause and thank you for my wife tonight. And thank you, Lord, that I am not alone. And I thank you that I have not been alone for over 30, uh, right at 35 years. And... Uh, uh, and I am convinced that uh, even a bad spouse in the house is better than no spouse in the house. And what a blessing that is. And uh, I give you the glory, praise, and honor. And I thank you for uh, the little help that she does give me. And I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and thank you for all of my children and offspring who are all still living, and uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you will protect them all uh, and lead them all, protect them from the devil and the demons of hell. Lord, from their minds, and Lord, protect them from evil people in the church, in the world, and in the family. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and uh, spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. And Lord, thank you. As I told my daughter, Danny, uh, last night, Lord, thank you for all of the uh, times you blessed us to serve you together. And I will always cherish and treasure those memories. And I praise you and I thank you for blessing me to leave it on the field. And I praise you and I thank you also for all of the nights. As I told her, we ate popcorn together with everything in the world on it. And uh, after church services on Wednesday night, the afterglow service time. And Lord, I pray that they will remember you and remember the miracles that uh, you worked for us all and, the, and to remember the answers, thousands of answers to prayer and, uh, uh, and how you paved the way for us and uh, opened up doors for us and most of all, uh, worked through us and worked in us uh, to serve you together on a daily basis and uh, doing things by faith sometimes not even knowing how to do things but did the best we could and it all turned out good and we give you the glory praise and honor and I'm preaching on that pulpit stand that platform that you built Lord first before the children were born uh, maybe the first 20-something years, and then 
after the children were born, another 20-something years. And so I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight, for Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon us all. And please, for those of us who are saved in my family and in this audience and beyond, around the globe, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our failures and our faults, as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Wash and cleanse our souls and hearts and minds and consciences in the precious blood of Christ. And Lord, make us to be whiter than snow on the inside. And Holy Father God, crucify our flesh for those of us who are saved and born again. And fill us, Lord, afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. Change us, Lord, from the inside out. And, uh, uh, Lord, deliver us from temptations as we're preaching on tonight, teaching on tonight. Deliver us from temptation. Uh, evil and sin and grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right live right think right and do right and act right and do that which is pleasing in your sight put a God in our hearts our minds our tongues our attitudes and temperaments that we would not sin against you help us to die to self all over again in Christ and Lord I pray tonight uh, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And on this Sunday night, Lord, help us to humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways and repent of our wicked sins and get back to you, our first love. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray, uh, that, Lord, you would save the soul of my wife, Marika White, and uh, all of her family members. I thank you, Lord, that Diane gave a good, her sister gave a good testimony of salvation uh, and, uh, and expressed uh, a far better attitude and spirit than her mother and her aunt. Uh, when they surprised us. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of uh, their souls and uh, the souls of my own family members. Help them all to examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. And Holy Father God, for all of the people in this audience tonight, Save those who are lost and help those who are in the church to examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. Across this country and around the globe, Lord, have your Holy Ghost to move mightily upon the hearts of all people to make sure that they're saved and born again. So that when they die, they can go to heaven 
and so that they will avoid going to hell. And Lord, we pray tonight that you would revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving and mourning, draw them to yourself for salvation. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would lift all of our burdens tonight, cares and worries and anxieties, troubles, problems and fears from our hearts, minds, souls and spirits. Fill us with your peace tonight, that pass of all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will indeed deliver us tonight from all distresses and afflictions. All persecutors in the family and outside of the family, Lord, thwart their demonic uh, plots against your servant who has done nothing but preached your holy gospel and your holy word for nearly every day for seven years, which has had a huge impact. So that's why the devil has these people coming after me. And Lord, I count it all joy. And I uh, praise you for giving me the honor to suffer for your name. And Lord, I pray that you would block and thwart their demonic plots and plans and so that I can, by your grace, continue to simply preach your holy gospel and preach the whole counsel of God. <clears throat> I know that there are preachers behind even trying to use my family and they're using money to bribe my family members. Uh, but not only preachers, there are others uh, in the church who are doing it as well and outside of the church. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that you, you would pave the way for me right through it as you've done for seven years. Uh, they never thought that this poor preacher would be used by you to have this kind of impact all around the world. But you gave me the faith to believe in you. And you have caused, you have not allowed any of my words to fall to the ground. Even to this very night. And so, Holy Father God, I give you all of the glory, the praise, and the honor. And I pray tonight that you would deliver us indeed from all tribulations and persecutions, trials, temptations, tests, intentions. And I thank you, Lord, for giving me as many years as you have to preach and to proclaim your holy gospel. And, Lord, I'm willing to lose my wife and my children's affections and respect and appreciation, uh, Lord, uh, because I know that you led me to preach your gospel and your holy word. And I understand your holy word that a prophet is not without honor, save in his own household, among his own kinfolk. 
And Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will indeed uh, uh, deliver us, Lord, from all spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles and difficulties. Pave the way for us in a beautiful way. And Lord, I do pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for remembering mercy and grace in the midst of chastisement and rebuke and uh, uh, punishment that we deserve. And Holy Father God, thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are for millions of people. For it could be worse and should be worse as evil as we have been towards you. Uh, Lord, I guess that's why you have made heaven to become so important to me in my heart and mind and spirit. Lord, uh, over the past few weeks, thank you for blessing me to preach on it for I think six days in a row, maybe seven. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd, you would continue to bless and protect my family. Thank you for giving me a heart and mind to pray for all of the families that are participating the, tonight and all of the people who are participating tonight and all of the people who are not, who name the name of Christ. Holy Father God, Protect us, Lord, from ourselves. I pray for my children, Danny, Daniel, and Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, Danielle, Elizabeth, Duran, Danielle, and Quasia. Lord, all of my offspring, I pray that you will, uh, Lord, make sure that they are saved, help them to make sure that they are saved and that they would act like they're saved and believe your holy word that I was sure to teach them all of the days of their lives under my roof. And it was one of the greatest periods of my life. And so, Lord, I pray that your holy word will rise up in them, transform their hearts, minds, souls, and spirits, and protect them from being led astray by every wind of doctrine, <clears throat> every person that they have allowed to influence their lives, which they're free to do since they're grown. And I thank you, however, Lord, I have the confidence in your joy and peace that I did my job, and by your grace I did it well. And so I have complete confidence in you and your holy word that all of my children have gotten so much of your holy word they should not veer from it uh, to the left or to the right and I pray that you would bless and protect all of our family bless and protect the children and all of the families that are listening tonight and watching tonight and all of the Christian families in the world and uh, all of the I pray for the salvation of all of the people who are lost. And Lord, I pray that you would place upon those of us who are saved 
the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ. And make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. And give us sweet victory even tonight. And Lord, grant us another safe and good night of rest and sleep. And Lord, I pray that the security system will work well at our house and at the house of my children and and all of your saints and that the greater security system a wall of your uh, holy angels would surround us and protect us and keep us and uh, Lord help us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves help us to be sober-minded vigilant and watchful Help us to watch and pray that we enter not into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, as you have told us. And Holy Father God, have all that we do and say tonight to be done for your glory, praise, and honor. Uh, and help my wife, uh, who is with me tonight, to remember that, uh, that everything that comes out of her mouth and spirit an attitude needs to be done for your glory, praise, and honor, and for the lifting up of Jesus Christ. And the same thing for all of my children. And Lord, I pray for all fathers, whether they're with the children or not, to pray for their children without ceasing. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray, and for his sake, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus Joel Beek said and pay close attention pride is a devastating sin <clears throat> and is a complex sin He said, most sins turn us away from God, but pride directly attacks God. He said, it lifts us above and against God, seeking to dethrone him by enthroning ourselves. Sounds very much like what the devil did in heaven. The BKC, the Bible Knowledge Commentary from Dallas Theological Seminary Professors, says Malachi here elaborated on the day of the Lord, as in chapter 3, verses 2 through 3. The judgment on that day is described as a judgment of fire. The fact that it will burn like a furnace stresses not only its intensity, but also its judgmental purpose. And all of this is going to come to pass, people. Make no mistake about it, the sin of pride will destroy you in this life and in the life to come. 
there is no more destructive force. And you can walk around big and bad all you want to. God knows how to bring you down. And hopefully when God brings you down, you will have enough humility to go ahead and make things right with others. Oftentimes, people don't. It is not a fire that burns out of control. Unlike chapter 3, verses 2 through 3, which emphasized the purification of Israel in particular. The Levites, this passage emphasizes the destruction of the wicked. The wicked will be destroyed in this life and in the life to come. Make no mistake about it. If you love darkness more than you love light to the point where you will reject Jesus Christ, you will go to hell to burn forever. But you will not burn up. You will just keep on burning. So complete will be the judgment that the wicked, the arrogant, and every evildoer compared to stubble will not have a root or a branch left remaining. It's one thing not to have a branch left, but not to have a root so that you can grow again. God is not interested in proud people growing up again. Do you know the most useless people on earth are proud people? They're useless. God can't use them. And one of the reasons why is because God wants to help them so that he can use them. But uh, they refuse to let him in their pride. God can't help them. Yes, God can do anything. God can do everything. All things are possible with God. But God does not cross your free will, my friend. There are people in this world who are so proud and so stubborn and so arrogant. God can't help them. People can't help them. People try, but they can't. And Dr. John McNeil taught me a long time ago, pastor emeritus of the Atlanta Bible Baptist Church, that don't try to uh, help people who won't listen. And he was good at picking out people who won't listen. And he didn't waste his time. He was from the old school down in the country. Brought up in a sharecropper's house. And he'll just look at you sideways. And if he detects that you're not going to listen, he's not going to tell you anything. That's a fact. Okay, because he didn't want to waste his time. He taught me that. I don't waste my time even with family members. Do you hear me? Hmm. See, I'm going to let you do what you want to do. And you're, gonna ha- you're, you're, gonna, you're, you're, you're one of the many who's going to have to learn it the hard way. And I got some uh, folk with J- Jamaican blood in them. And they are some of the proudest people in the world. There are other groups like that. But this is a hard nut to crack. 
is a is a pharaoh type terminal pride see the pride that i'm trying to describe to you is terminal unless god intervenes these people are so proud they don't think they need to be saved they think they're better than other people see I detected this for the first time. I don't know if, if any of you can remember the days of Ma Bell. AT&T, Ma Bell working together and all that. Back in the day, when my wife and I first got married, we didn't have any children at the time. And so the uh, phone was getting ready to get cut off. And as any husband would do, you want your wife to take care of stuff like that. She has a sweeter voice and all of that. And my wife got on the phone. And I had already detected some pride and arrogancy in her already. So I sat there beside her to make sure she talks right to the people. Now, listen, there's a certain way you talk to people to get things done. Back in those days, they would let you call and pay a little bit on the bill, keep the phone on, and promise to pay on the 15, uh, you know, the rest of it, that kind of thing. How many of you remember those days? Okay. And the bill can run up high, too, sometimes if you're talking long distance. We don't even deal with that today, do we? Same bill now with our little cell phones. Uh, but anyway... Uh, she got on the phone. I, I, I would imagine we were probably six months married. We hardly had anything but the phone. She got on the phone and said, yes, uh, I want you to uh, uh, just take $30 at this time. And then I want you to just allow me. And I took the, I said, girl, give me the phone. I said, give me that phone. And I had to take over the phone. And after I got off the phone, now I got the plan. I got I got what I needed. As I got away, he said, you can't talk to people like that and expect them to do something. They don't have to do that. You need to come off your high horse. That's what I told her. You're proud. You're arrogant. I don't know where y'all where you get where you all get that from. I don't know why y'all that proud and arrogant like that. I said, give me that phone. I'll take care of it. Because <laughs> she wasn't, that woman was not going, that woman was not hearing that. I want you to do this. And I want, no, 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 no. You're asking for something that she does not have to give. And, and back in those days, if you talk to them right, and you say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and all that, they'll go ahead and, and split the bill for you. But you can't demand it and have an attitude. Show some humility and listen to me. There's nothing wrong with showing humility and respect to people, particularly when you need help. And there were several other occasions like that that I had to take the phone from her and stop her from talking because she's going to get us in a situation where the lady might get so mad she'll cut it off right now. This does not mean, uh, in this passage, back to the passage, this does not mean annihilation in the sense of cessation of being, but rather the complete exclusion of the wicked from God's presence 
from God's kingdom. You do understand that the wicked cannot dwell in God's sight. It has to be taken care of. Uh, blood has to be on you. The blood of the Lamb of God. The Passover sacrificial Lamb of God for the entire world. Uh, this Bible verse shows what will happen to those who are proud and stubborn and arrogant, rebellious and full of witchcraft. My wife is putting up an article tonight about witchcraft uh, on BCNN1. Strange situation going on. During the end of times, when the Lord God judges the earth, those who are proud and stubborn and arrogant and rebellious, full of witchcraft, along with those who do all other types of wickedness as well, because the sin of pride is a foundational sin. It is, if you will, a starter sin. Will be burnt up by fire. Pride is a sin, and the punishment of sin is death in eternal fire. May I repeat that to you in your hearing? Pride is a sin, and the punishment of all sin is death in eternal fire in hell. Dr. Matthew Henry said, Who shall be fueled? To this fire, my, my, my. All the proud in heart, whose words have been stout, arrogant against God. Haven't you been afraid for people who talk so arrogantly and proud, so boastful? Have you been around people like that? You, you want to back away from them. Man, I don't know where you get that from, but you better, you better calm down with all of that proud, arrogant talk. You know who the new home run king is? He's a humble man. And when he knocked the home run that took him over, that nobody has broken in years, I think a hundred years or something like that, close to it. You know what he did? He did a Steph Curry. And he honored his parents who are not his real parents. Because he knows that if God didn't help him, he could not do it. And their neck stiff. You know, proud people, they have a stiff neck. Hard-headed. Stubborn. Can't tell them anything. And here's what I, I'm going to pass on what Dr. John McNeil Jr. taught me. Leave them alone. They, I mean, you can't help them. God can't help them. They, they think they... Uh, better than you they, they and they think that they don't have to listen and they have already messed up their lives but they don't want to admit it they're too proud to admit it and they, they keep on doing it keep on messing up their lives hopefully they'll come to their senses hopefully they'll uh, uh, humble down but I, I have some family members I don't tell them anything I pray for them I tell them I love them and I tell I, I send them a scripture passage but they're so proud and arrogant, the Lord leads me not to say anything. When they wanted to do su such and such, 
and when they wanted to uh, go somewhere earlier than what they should have, I let them go. It's going to backfire on you. Bad things are going to happen. But it's out of my hands now. You didn't listen to me. And now you got a mess on your hands. See? And, and, and you're too proud to admit it. You're too proud to say anything about it. To try to get a little help. After you messed up. You say, well, how do you feel about that, uh, preacher? Well, I'm at peace. Because I offered to help you, but you didn't want anybody to help you. I offered to protect you, but you didn't want anybody to protect you. Proud, stubborn, rebellious. I offered to get you out of it, but you didn't want any help. You didn't want to tell me about it. You didn't want to tell me the truth. In your pride. And now you're sad, depressed, defeated disgusted, mad, bogged down with foolishness, stiff-necked, stiff and unapt to yield to the yoke of his commandments. Are you like that? You call yourself a Christian, but you, 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 you don't obey Jesus Christ, who said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And by the way, there are commandments in the Old Testament and there are commandments in the New Testament. For example, in the New Testament, in, in Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6, there are commandments to men and women and children. How are we doing? See, Is your family messed up and jacked up and uh, you and your wife uh, are like ships in the night, don't speak to each other? For weeks and months and all that stupidity and foolishness. You haven't had sex in six months. You, it, so you haven't had sex in so long you don't even know how to get things started anymore. You're out of your groove. If you were even in a groove. Why? Because of pride and stubbornness and rebelliousness. And because you disobey the word of God. You don't want to do it God's way. One of the reasons why my wife is still here with a husband who's not romantic is because I told her from Jump Street before we got married, we're not going to do it your family way of hellaciousness and divorce. We're not going to do it my family way of hellaciousness without divorce. And I do thank God that my parents stayed together until death did them part. I do not like the fact that my mother was plotting and planning to marry somebody else and didn't let me know as her oldest son while I was sending her money trying to help her. And, I, and to this day, and wanting me to come and do things for her birthday and everything, and I guess I'm supposed to meet the person at the place or something. I, to this day, I don't know who the man is. These things are not so to be. There's something wicked about it. I didn't like that. And, and I do believe you need to be upfront and honest with your adult children about what you're doing. You don't have to be. Just like they don't have to tell you what they're doing. That's the American way. Remember that now. And remember that when you are in the hospital uh, boo-hooing and crying because you were dealing with something you didn't tell anybody. And you're going to die in your pride.
without and, and, and see and watch this this is what is so pitiful and I don't play this game and I'm not gonna play it with my family members you wait till you on your deathbed and you're gonna die tomorrow and then you call me and tell me about some cancer you had for the past 20 years or 15 years I don't roll like that I'll be praying for you we already said goodbye we can say goodbye right now in multiple ways see uh, I my, my mother and my sister sisters don't don't know I know that my niece married a great pastor's son and messed up his life and messed up the church's life it was a total demonic foolish blow-up mess they don't know I know about it and see um, uh, uh, because they didn't tell me they didn't want me to know they and they all knew my mother my sisters they all knew that my niece should have never married that nice boy that young man and and left that young man and married some older guy. I got ran over some older guy. I haven't heard from her since. Haven't seen her since. That's foolishness. That's wickedness, and 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 that's uh, a mess going on in a family with no head, and 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 the devil got their minds twisted because. They out here doing things, calling themselves the apostle, the bishop, and the pastor, and the prophetess too, over other men, and 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 they, the daughter and the granddaughter is totally messed up. And what hurt me, this is a prominent uh, pastor in a huge church who did a wonderful job, raised a nice boy, and and she just messed over him. And, and and what I know about it, I know my mother and I know my sister, they have no problem getting a man. And they know they know how to put on the wiles. And they they were behind all of that. It might have been something that helped kill my brother. I believe it, it just devastated him, I believe. I believe that. Because he was a member of that church. He liked that church. And it's sad. It's sad. I haven't heard from her since. She used to write me and, and let me know about a book she wrote and all that. I ain't haven't heard from her since. All I know, in fact, I really didn't want to hear anything because I heard she moved to Texas where, where I live at. I, don't want, I don't want any parts of that. I don't want my children to be around that. Did they get grown? Hopefully they'll be able to handle you. Pride causes destruction. This was supposed to be a beautiful thing. Uh, uh, the thing that with my mother marrying a man I never heard of, uh, that, that, broke, that broke up our relationship. And I know what some of you women are saying. There ain't none of your business who she married. Yes, it is. Especially when I'm sending you thousands of dollars to help you. 
when we 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 were barely making it ourselves after my dad died and and my my mentality was what's the rush what's going on and i asked the question did he kill my dad or did was my dad killed because he suddenly died and, and and i had no notifications about that what happened and then why is this hush hush see pride stubbornness and and, and and see i come from a family that loves to lie and keep secrets like so many families in the south and that's not how we are supposed to live as christians we ought to be transparent all those that in the pride of their continences will not seek after God nor submit to the grace and government of Jesus Christ all that proudly say they will not have Christ to reign over them and all those that do wickedly in their affections and conversations that willfully persist in sin how about it Christian friend do you ever come to the point that maybe you are doing something that God has put a check in your spirit and you 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 you, you just put your foot down and say, you know what, I'm putting into this. Maybe you're saved. See, if you're thinking along those times. Does sin, uh, along those lines, does sin bother you? That means the slightest little wickedness. Does it bother you? And it, it drives you, God will drive you through the power of his Holy Spirit say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put a stop to this. This, this, is going, this is going to end. With God's help. Now let me help you. If you got some kind of besetting sin like that, I dare you to pray and ask God to take it from you. Now God, he may not take away your um, uh, uh, what, is, what is that thing we preach on Wednesday night? thorn in the flesh he may not take away that in fact he will not but he will take away the sin that you're struggling with if you are honest humble and transparent about it I have prayed about things like that in front of my wife and with my wife and you know what has happened? God has answered the prayer. God helped me to make sure uh, I don't do that thing that I'm struggling with. Oh, yeah. I dare you to pray to him about He already knows about it anyway. There's no shame in your game about asking God to help you overcome something that you 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 want to do but God has put a check in your spirit about it and and he doesn't want you to do it and uh, you want to do it but you know you shouldn't you feel some kind of way when you do it huh you feel guilty I dare you to pray and ask God to help you he'll do it and he'll deliver you and 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 don't uh, you know it may take a week or two you just keep on praying about it and let him know that you're not pleased with it either. You agree with him. I dare you to do it. He'll help you. Before you know it, you're not doing that anymore. People who persist in sin and contempt of and contradiction to. 
the law of God. They are such as do wickedly against the covenant. As another prophet expressed it, God that has perfect knowledge of everyone's character knows who are the proud, the stubborn, the arrogant, the rebellious, the witches and warlocks, the proud, and of everyone's actions. He knows who they are that do wickedly, and they shall be as stubble to this fire. They shall be consumed by it, easily consumed and utterly consumed. It is certainly to be applied to the day of judgment, to the particular judgment at death, but especially to the general judgment at the end of time when Christ shall be revealed in flaming fire to execute judgment on the proud and all that do wickedly. The whole world shall then burn as an oven and all the children of this world that set their hearts upon it and choose their portion in it shall take their ruin with it and the fire then kindled shall never 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 be quenched jesus said that the fire in hell shall never be quenched let's pray holy father god we praise you and we thank you for this message long in coming but lord we thank you so much for it tonight for it is so timely thank you for leading me to preach on it and to teach on it thank you for giving me the energy the strength and the health and the power of your holy spirit to do so and holy father god i pray that you'll help us to take heed to it and help us all to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, and to turn from our wicked ways, and to repent of our sins, and to get back to you, our first love. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you struggle with this awful sin of pride, Take this passage to heart and take heed to it the next time you face that temptation. Remember this passage. Hide it in your heart. And dear friend, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in the free pardon of your sins, Jesus Christ said the most important words in the history of the world when he said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend, and thou you shalt be saved. The Bible says in Romans 10:9 and 13 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. And so, dear friend, believe in Jesus Christ as he said. 
Believe in your heart that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. Call on his name, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So follow me in prayer right now in what is called the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight, even the sin of pride, stubbornness, rebelliousness, arrogancy, witchcraft. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, who was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer tonight and you believed in your heart tonight that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. May I say to you congratulations on becoming a Christian, on believing in Jesus Christ and calling on his name. For you've done the most important thing in life. Now to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, please Go to GospelLightSociety.com and uh, read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. This little book is free of charge and a free download. You can have it in within couple of, a couple of minutes and read it. And uh, it will help you to grow into being the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. It will give you next steps. Also, email us at gospelite, rather at dw3 at gospelitesociety.com or whatever email is on your platform. And uh, let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. And uh, also, if you have a prayer request, Please send in that prayer request and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. 
Until next time, my beloved, uh, pray without ceasing. Pray for your loved ones, your friends, and your enemies. And keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord, and he will keep you in perfect peace. God bless you, dear friends, as we listen to the music. Lord willing, we'll see you next time.